0: Hello and welcome to episode number 74 of the Hayfee Digital Podcast, a show for creators, makers, and doers my goal is to help you make to the max. My name is Ryan and in this episode, I'm going to give you some organization tips for multi-video projects in Premiere Pro. Let's talk about it. Woo. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Man, uh, what a week. So today on the show, it is May 3rd, 2021. Um, I do want to talk about some organization tips. We've talked about this a little bit in previous episodes, but uh, I just finished a very long and in-depth campaign for a fight, which was this past weekend, so I thought I would talk a little bit about fight week and just kind of take you through that experience a little bit, but then also show you because I, I produced a lot of content uh, for this campaign. Um, campaign meaning social media um, content campaign, um, social media marketing strategy to help market this this fight. So I produced a lot of video content as well as some other video assets and things like that. Uh, so I wanted to basically, I'm going to, I'm going to open up my Premiere pro project file from that campaign and show you a little bit of, of how I work through all those different assets that I'm creating and how I organize my project panel and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, if you are new here, my name is Ryan Hafe. This is the Hafe digital podcast soon to be named something else probably. Um, but I just haven't had a chance to get around to it, but, uh, What I do here is I talk about all things content creation, whether it's photography, uh, video, uh, podcasting, live streaming. Occasionally, I'll talk about FPV, uh, FPV drone flying—that is—and basically anything else you can think of related to the world of content creation. Uh, And if that's—and I also um, I, I document my process and my progress through various projects that I happen to be working on right here on this podcast. So if you're interested in any of those things, it would be really great if you could hit that subscribe button wherever you happen to be watching or listening. Also, be sure to follow me on social media at Ryan on Instagram and Twitter and also TikTok uh, if you're not there. And also uh, on my main YouTube channel, uh, which is just uh, called, um, It's just if you just search my name, you'll find it and I'll, I'll include a link somewhere in the description of this video. But anyway, so let's talk about Fight Week first. So uh, for anyone who's not aware, this past Saturday, May 1st, we had a, a big uh, big fight on Fox and Fox Pay-Per-View. It was headlined by Andy Ruiz Jr. and Chris Areola. Um, really fun card. It was nice. It was out at uh, Dignity, Dignity Health Sports Park in Carson, California, which, uh, is an outdoor venue, which posts its own set of challenges, especially on the photography side. Uh, but it's, it was also nice to have fans in attendance. There were fans at this one. Finally, I I say finally, but there, there've been a couple other, um, COVID events that we've had where there were fans, but it's, but this is in California and California was, was super strict on the, uh, the closures and everything for a while. So it's nice to see that we can start to bring that back a little bit. It was limited capacity, but man, it was a rowdy crowd. So this, this fight card was basically, uh, at least the pay-per-view portion of it. There were 10, I think 10 fights total, um, on the fight card itself. Some of them were only live streamed on social media. Some of them were on Fox, just regular Fox. And then four fights were on, um, Fox sports pay-per-view. And It was, it was, there was a lot of good fights there. It was, it was, we we sold it as kind of an all Mexican extravaganza, which the pay-per-view portion of the, of the fight card was, um, all four fights that were on the pay-per-view featured Mexican warriors and the main event, um, did not disappoint again, Andy Ruiz Jr. Andy Ruiz for any non-boxing fans out there. Andy Ruiz Jr. Is the, uh, the heavyweight that beat Anthony Joshua, um, and lost to him in the rematch but he's that's how he got his claim to fame as he uh, went out there on late notice and, and beat uh, Anthony Joshua to become for a period of time the unified heavyweight champion of the world um, and uh, I was honored to be able to go to both Andy's and Chris's training camps uh, for this for this campaign and really, everything started as early as March 23rd, as far as the campaign goes. Um, and it was a long one. We we produced with a small team. We did we did a lot of work, and we I think we I think we got some really good results out of it. But anyway, so fight week um, is is really has is the same as previous fight weeks I've been to. From the standpoint of COVID and all the COVID restrictions, I was actually in LA. Uh, as early as tuesday of last week because when you have a boxing event you obviously got fight week events for example um, main event press conferences undercard press conferences weigh-ins and that was kind of the extent of it for this one but get to the hotel you check in your bags are uh, all your luggage is um, um, all your luggage is sprayed down and, and sanitized and then you go and get a test right away, a COVID test. And then you go up to your room and you quarantine until that test is done. Um, when you check in, you also get a bracelet uh, on your wrist as a barcode everywhere you go, whether you come down from your room or go to eat lunch or whatever it may be. You got to scan in and out. And just so, I mean, it's all safety precautions so they can keep track of everyone. And, and uh, you know, if there is an exposure, we can keep everyone as safe as possible. But, man, they they lock them down so so much that it's, I I don't see how it would even be possible to to have some kind of an outbreak. By the way, Robert chimes in from the never call me again podcast. So changing up days. No, I'm not changing up days. It's just that um, I was uh, I just got back into town. uh, Sunday. Um, Normally, I I do this podcast I live stream it on Sundays. But just with what time I got in yesterday and uh, everything going on, I needed an extra day. So we're doing it. We're we're getting it done. We're not missing a week. We're just a we're just a day behind. So that's how it is. But so yeah, got in on Tuesday. Wednesday was the main event press conference. Um, did some social media coverage and photography for that. Thursday was the undercard press conference. Did the same thing there. Same thing for also the weigh in as well. And then uh, Saturday night was the big day, and uh, got to the venue about. About like noon or so um the first fight started at one fifty p.m pacific time so and, and you know I, people may not realize when you see boxing on tv there might be three fights or so in a broadcast but most of the time um that is not that is not most of the time that's not how many fights are happening on that day you have a fight card that'll have you know depending on the event it could have little as three to five fights or it could have as many as 12 or 13 like it, it all it all really depends on um on the uh, the fight card in this case i think there was 10 or 11 fights um got there man like that that uh, la crowd especially you know when you bring in the mexican fans mexican fans love boxing and they love to get rowdy there were fights in the stands um <laughs> it, it was it was a fun event But, yeah, it got a little rowdy out there for a little bit. Um, Shooting a – I shot um, most of the fights ringside. And shooting in the sun, because it's an outdoor venue, all all there is is a canopy over the ring. Top of my head is sunburnt, though, from having to sit out in the sun for so long. But uh, shooting with, you know, outdoors poses its own set of problems. Like when you're inside shooting a boxing match – When you're in an arena, the lights are shining constantly throughout the night, the, you know, your exposure is not going to be changing. So when you're shooting ringside, you can essentially set and forget your settings and just fire away when it's outdoors. And especially when you're shooting into the evening, the sun starts going down, you have to change your exposure. Um, you have to change your white balance uh, and you have to adjust as you go. So, um, you know the the shots that I took in the at the beginning of the night look very different than the ones that I took uh, at the end of the night. But uh, we got we got it we got it taken care of we we worked it out. Um, I have a couple photos from the main event on my Instagram if you want to check it out at Ryan Hafey. Feel free to go over there and and look at those. But yeah, it was a long day and um, the main event did not disappoint and it was fun. Uh, but I will say I'm glad it's over because man. That was that was uh, that was a lot of work. By the way, if you're only listening to the audio version of this podcast, I do recommend going and checking out the full YouTube version of it. You can find a link to that in the description of the audio version. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and jump in now to my Premiere Pro project. Let's go jump in here. So uh, this this is I'll, I'll just open this here. So this is my project panel, and this is where everything. Was organized. Now, and actually, maybe before I do that, I'll show you where do, I always lose my mouse. There we go. I'm going to show you my file structure um, as far as just uh, organizing all my files for this. And this, everything that I've done for this project is condensed down into these files here. Um, and so, I have, I organize by events, so we had a virtual presser, we had my visit to Ruiz's camp, this has its own set of you know, folders and things like that, B-roll, and then I have that separated out by the resolution and frame rate that I shot in, interview footage, this is basically just uh, camera A, camera B, and audio with some like um, automatically generated files from um, like Adobe Audition and stuff, which can be ignored. Photos, you kind of get an idea for just uh, some of the shots from the gym. There's Mr. Canelo Alvarez in the background. Uh, And then, so I kind of follow that structure for the uh, camp visits. There was a a local event that was here that uh, captured some stuff for. um, So I always have an exports folder in all my project campaign folders, whatever you want to call it. Um, this is a folder full of the creative that we used for this fight, which look like that. And then uh, fight footage. Obviously, if we're going to be you can in- ignore all the peak files. Uh, it's really annoying, but it is what it is. Uh, so obviously, when you're promoting a fight, you want to feature some fight footage. So this is where all my fight footage was stored. Flyer animations are kind of fun, and I'll kind of walk through how we did those. But basically, these are the files that I use to generate these animated flyer animations. So that fight creative I just showed you for each of these big fights, I will typically um, take those an- those flyers and-, and find ways to animate them. I'll get the layered files from our graphic designer, bring them into Premiere, and uh, just make a quick little animation out of it. Um, Hero project files. This is sort of uh, uh, something I did. I actually created a separate project for this. Um, which normally I would put everything on a single Premiere Pro project. The, the issue here is I find sometimes if you try to load too much, or if you're doing too much with like different effects and things like that, uh, and, and multiple layers, it can start to slow your project down. So, and I was noticing that with these hero animations that I was putting together. So I decided to um, import those into a brand new project and it helped, it helped speed things up quite a bit. Imagery, obviously, that's pretty self-explanatory. Lower thirds, if I did any videos where there were any – anyone was being introduced in the the video that maybe wasn't well-known or um, just for reference, I guess, I would – I have this little – I don't even know if it will play. There you go. Just kind of this little thing that pops out at the bottom uh, so you know who's talking. LR, this is for – this was the Lightroom catalog that I set up for all the photos that I took. Miscellaneous video, pretty self-explanatory. Music, any stock music that I might have downloaded, uh, just put into this folder here. Portraits, uh, I had, I needed to. Oh wait, I think this was related to the um, the uh, hero animations that I put together. Project files, so basically any uh, Premiere or After Effects project files that I use, I will keep in this folder here. Um, promo, this was promos from produced by Fox uh this was another campaign road to the top thumbnails all of my video thumbnails i included or i, I kept in a folder here weigh-in clips this was what was this oh uh, that's right when i was <laughs> so i was actually i was shooting the the way in and at the same time i was shooting the way in i was also i also had my uh phone on the ground recording so that I could then take those clips and use them on social later. A lot of multitasking that goes into, (laughs) goes into all this. Um, and then at the bottom there, just some, uh, some, you know, relevant files and things like that, some handy reference spreadsheets. But anyway, most of this stuff, uh, including basically all of this gets imported and the file structure stays relatively the same. Um, all of this. By the way, and I, I made a, um, a TikTok about this. I can't remember if I posted it to YouTube Shorts or not. But if, let's say your project panel on Premiere Pro looks something like this, and you got all these things expanded, and you're like, wow, this is a mess, I'd really like to just decollapse everything. Instead of going through and having to click all these drop-down arrows, there's an easier way to do it. I gotta do just hit the Alt or Option key, click, and then release. And then it just it just collapses every all, all the folders into one. So anyway, uh, let's go here first. So this is my sequences folder, and basically all of these sequences relate to an individual video that I would have done in some cases. There were some sequences where I would just um, I would do in and out in and out uh, points to export a portion of videos. So I would have multiple videos within a single sequence, but for the most part, all of these that you see here, all of these sequences are all individual videos. Just goes to show you how many assets were being produced for this this one event. Um, and now, not all of these are unique videos. For example, we have, um, like these RTTT, those were, and a lot of these videos were produced in different um, sizes. So you'll have your standard 16 by 9, aka 1920 by 1080 uh, video. You'll have a square, which uh, is usually 1080 by 1080. And then I would produce some assets at 1080 by 1920, which is tall. So it'll fit on like TikTok or it'll fit on I, uh, Instagram um, it's uh, IGTV, for example, or Instagram stories even. But man, looking, I haven't really like looked at all of this in its entirety until now. And it just, again, I, it's like, it's just crazy how, how much the team and I were able to accomplish on this one. And this is, this was just my portion. I had, uh, you know, other guys on the team d- cutting a bunch of clips and you know, graphic designer, all sorts of graphical stuff that we were working on, like there's a lot that went into this. But yeah, so and I probably could have organized these sequences here a little bit better. Um, but you can kind of see that I created folders for different features. So for example, the uh, Ruiz, I spelled Ruiz wrong there, but that's okay, Ruiz feature destroyer. So if I double click this and open this up, these here, um, I'll just kind of show you one of the sequences. So here's one sequence. And this is like, this is what a typical video timeline would look like for me. Um, Nothing too crazy flashy. Uh, A little bit of color grading. Um, This is, I don't know, let's see if it'll play back. But that's kind of what the flyer animation looks like. And that would go at the end of some of the assets we were creating. So if someone watched all the way through, they would see, okay, so now I know the details of the fight. There's all the fighters when it's going to be what it's going to be on etc 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 and then and a lot of the features that we do are you know two minutes or less so you wouldn't think that they would take a while but you know when you're dealing with let's go into this camp visit one so let's say you know you're you're trying to Um, put together an interview piece and then you want to put some b-roll over it well now you've got to contend with all of these different files and the way that i organized these were by um, frame rate which is also associated with their resolution so i know that's probably let's see there we go 29.97 and 120 so 29.97 being 30 frames a second 29.97 specifically and then uh, 120 frames per second so i did shoot some things at 1080p 120 frames per second for some slow mo. Uh, If we open this up, you can kind of just see some of these clips here. We can always open this up. and Let me come back to there we go. So obviously they play back in real time, but you can bring them down and and you can you could throw this in a uh, 30 frame per second timeline and slow it down to 25% and get you some nice silky slow motion um, footage which comes in very handy uh, for certain things. So going back into the project here, let's see if there's anything else um, noteworthy worth mentioning. Um, some of these projects, you know they're they're very they're similar assets for different fighters. So um, if I open up like one of these rttT sequences, kind of see how these are laid out. So this was using some Zoom interview footage pieced together with uh, some pictures and things like that. Um, And then let's do the, I'll show you the flyer animation here actually. Let me go back into my sequences. So we'll show you this one here. So basically what this entails, and I actually I did something that I don't normally do, which is I I, I put some sound sound design behind this one. And let me can I do that there? No, I can't. Okay. okay. Hang on, let me turn on desktop audio so you can hear this as it plays back. But this was this is basically just a Premiere Pro or sorry, a Photoshop file. Um, and I imported the PSD. I, I cleaned it up a little bit so that the layers would work a little bit better in, in uh, Premiere, but basically I just I saved the, the Photoshop file how I wanted it and then imported that Photoshop file into Premiere and imported it in the individual layers, I created a new sequence with them, and then that basically gave me the ability to animate everything individually i can animate these fighters coming in i can animate this text and make it do some some interesting things you know um little different little effects and then it looks and sounds like this when it's all put together so that let's oh there we go um so that you can there's some kind of initial obviously some initial attention grabbing animation in the beginning there. And then, and let me turn this off so it's not, there we go. Um, So there's the initial animation, text kind of comes in, fighters come in, and then um, from here on out, there's obviously the sound design in the background, but if you look, like let's say at the background up here, you can kind of see how that subtly changes and morphs a little bit if you look at the the main event fighters you can see that they zoom in a little bit you know just something to kind of give off the actually you can see it a lot easier if i go if i go like that the background moving and changing so you can just kind of get a glimpse as to how things work there uh there were also hero animations that we did but that was in the other um the other project file that i mentioned but it just uh they're, it's it's kind of based off of the same look with some sound design in the background and the fighter names and things like that. Um, let's see what else. What's this? Yo, Chris Sariola, I really know. Like this was yeah, just a, a quick quick hit one. I think one of my favorite one of my favorite um, features. Where was it here? It was one of the earlier ones. Uh, oh, this destroyer feature. So this was fun just because it kind of told the story of how Andy Ruiz became known as the destroyer. So talks, he, he, this is one of the questions I asked him is, how did you get your nickname? And his nickname is the destroyer, which you would think would be related to what he uh, has accomplished in the gym and in the boxing ring, but it's actually not related to that at all. However, it fits perfectly, but I'll play this back for you and you'll be able to see kind of how um, how I was able to pair that with, you'll see, I'll, ju- I'll just play it. You'll see what I mean. So when I was like seven years old, my uncle, he would take care of me because all my other aunts and uncles didn't want to take care of me because I would try to destroy everything. My dad would bring me a toy, and for some reason, I didn't really care about the toys. I would just break them, throw them. For no reason, I don't know why, And my dad would tell me, why do you have to destroy everything I give you? Yeah, so he's kind of a monster. You get the gist there, but uh, I thought that would be a fun way to kind of just... He really emphasized how he would destroy and break all his toys and, you know, juxtaposing that with him just destroying his opponents seemed like a a fitting way to do that. But, you know, as far as organization goes, what what I think one of the biggest misconceptions is um, and what I see a lot of people doing that that is a little unnecessary is they'll create a new project. Uh, A a new Premiere Pro project for every new video that they want to make that has its place, but especially and and we're talking specifically about uh, multi video campaigns like campaigns like this projects like this where you're not just creating one asset or maybe like a few assets out of one video, you're creating multiple videos uh, around the same kind of topic and um, what's up, Anson and Co. Hey, Fiona Monday, he says, I like it. Don't get used to it. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, a one time thing. It's just, it was, uh, um, I got home late on Sunday. So, but uh, yeah, so people will, will, they'll create different projects and there's a place for that. But if you're creating a lot of the same types of assets, uh, there's no need to create a bunch of, you know, multiple different Premiere Pro projects. And it's also super helpful. Uh, if you're reusing a lot of the same effects, which is a smart thing to do, considering, you know, uh, if if you're trying to con- create some consistency and some continu- continuity amongst all of the different assets that you're creating, uh, it makes sense to be reusing some of the you know visual effects that you're that you've used in some of your stuff. So, um, you know, and and just from the sense of if you create a new project for each new video, you've gotta have either multiple video projects open or you gotta close one and open another one. And it's not always easy to go back and forth. So in this case, if you can create one master project like this, just one master project, you can create all all of your sequences within it, and then you can have easy access to all of the different assets that you're creating. And then, you know, let's say uh, I created this video, uh, Alright, so it's, a, it's just a, a nest. Let's see. We'll go in let, look back to this one. Again, we'll just say, let's say all right, I've got this, this sequence here. Now I want to make a square version. Well, you can just and we'll do this real time, real time. Here we go. Just copy paste. You could um, you could say one by one or square or whatever you want to do. Open this new sequence up. It's going to look the same go in sequence settings. And then all you gotta do is change the frame size. It's gonna give you a little warning, but we don't care about that. And then now you have your project in a square uh, aspect ratio. You may need to go through and adjust some of the clips so that they center up. Um, But other than that, you know, like it's a lot better than having to open a new project and trying to reproduce that same video in a square frame. Um, Yeah, you get the idea. Anson says, Bro, congrats on passing the 100 sub marker for the channel. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, It's just finally getting to the point where it seems like YouTube is recognizing the stuff that I'm doing. So that's that's cool. Uh, Thanks for that. Um, Getting back into Premiere here. But, you know, this was meant to be, I'm going to delete this sequence because I don't need it. This was meant to be, you know, organization tips, and really that's just the tip. First of all, file file structure, and everybody's file structure is going to be different. How you organize yourself uh, is going to be up to you. The file structure that I use may not work for everyone. I will say, though, that the, the file structure that I use is very similar to a lot of people that I have talked to, and it seems to work really well, uh, at least... And and really, whatever file structure you use, the goal is to get in, you know, create something that is going to work for you and that you can go, you know, something that's going to allow you to easily access the files. You know, like my ex, I have exports as my, 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 the folder that I have for my finished assets go in a folder called exports. For someone else, they might be that folder might be called finished videos or, you know, done or whatever you want to call it. But as long as you know what that means and what's in it and how to get to it quickly, that's really what matters. Um, you know, and and I'm not going to pretend to be holier than that, than thou in that I, you know, if I'm just working on like a quick one-off video, I'm definitely not going to go through this level of organization. If there's like a simple video that I need to make and it I have two assets that I'm gonna you know piece together into a video, I'll probably just throw those into a random folder, open up a, a fresh project, toss them into the project panel, not worry too much about organizing the files or sequences, and I'll make my video. But for something like this, man, like I remember using Premiere early on and not having. Um, not having much organization and just i just remember especially before i realized you could create a bunch of different sequences and and create a bunch of different videos within the same project before that time i was a mess i couldn't i couldn't find the stuff that i needed um, as fast and it just became just became a hassle so um if you work in Premiere a lot, really work on your file structure and really work on organizing that footage. You know, something that I didn't do for this one that I would do, if I had the time going back, I probably would have done different, would have been, you know, it's 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 great to uh, set aside your, let's see. Let me do this. There we go. So it's, it's great to, you know, say compartment mental uh, compartmentalize not the right word but to um, organize your footage by resolution and frame rate and that's awesome what i probably should have done is gone in there and looked through all the footage and titled it so what's this file this file is chris ariel the jumping rope so i could have titled that chris ariel the jumping rope because yeah you can you can double click on this you can look through the the thumbnails here and that's helpful um, but sometimes if you're in a rush It's helpful just to look at the file name and, uh, you know, be able to just click on that. But I don't know, man, that's that's uh, that's that's how I do things, though. So. But uh, I'm I'm happy to be done with that campaign. Uh, uh, Oh, there. uh, There we go. (laughs) Couldn't get myself back on the screen. So. Yeah, I'm happy to be done with it. Um, we've got more big fights coming up this summer, so that's definitely not the end of the work by any means. Uh, it is nice, though, like when you start working on big projects like that and then you, you start to get really into them. Like you've invested so much into it that you can't help but want it to succeed. Uh, and it looks like uh, the numbers, the preliminary numbers that we have so far are looking really good and I'm proud of myself and proud of the team that I worked with to, um, to get it done. And um, that's that. But anyway, I think I'm going to go ahead and call this one done for today. But if you are still with me and you enjoyed what you saw or heard, please hit that subscribe button wherever you happen to be watching or listening. And follow me on social media at Ryan Hafey on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you for being here. Hope everyone has a great week. Uh, Stay cool or warm, depending on where you live. And we will see you in the next one. Bye-bye.